Welcome in everybody to this episode of Discard for Magic. We have a bit of an impromptu episode this time. We're doing a tournament recap. It's a little different from our normal episode type, and we hope you enjoy it. As always, I'm your host, Aaron. I'm uh, James, uh, the other host, and uh, today we're joined by Prophet and Askeriel, who were the finalists in the last deck building tournament for custom uh, decks. Hello. Hi, hi. Oh, Ascariel, you're fairly new to Summoner Wars. Why don't you just give us a little backstory on how you came to be playing the game? Yeah, sure. So um, I have a history with uh, Magic the Gathering, which I understand many of us have. Uh, so I used to play a lot uh, and actually played semi-competitively uh, before COVID uh, struck. So um, I used to go to tournaments and, and such. So. I, uh, that's to say that I enjoy card games and I enjoy the tournament aspect of them. Um, about Summoner Wars, I um, I looked at a video like one year ago. It was this uh, YouTube channel that presented new board games because the 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 second edition is fairly new in uh, France, where where I'm from. It's like it has one year basically. So I looked at this video and 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 it has some components of magic. And it also resembled chess, and there's a bunch of dice to 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 throw. So I was like, oh, okay, looks interesting. And um, what uh, really hooked me in is um, the diversity of the decks, the faction, and the um, asymmetry of the deck. I'm 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 a big fan of uh, asymmetry in board games. So just bought it, uh, played it with my girlfriend, but she's not. Uh, that fond of uh, confrontational games so just ended up on the shelf and i was like oh this game is great but i can't play it and uh, this summer actually in august i, I went on a holiday with a good friend of mine that's uh, fond of board game as well and uh, just had him play a few games of uh, summoner wars and we ended up playing like every, every night and uh, when the holidays were over i was like Okay, I need I need more of that, but I have nobody to play with. So this is where I looked at. I was like, maybe there's something on the internet for that. And uh, this is how I actually logged uh, to uh, Seminole Wars Online. It was August uh, this year, and I've been playing every day <laughs> since. So only um, I'd say the normal decks. And I was like, okay, I I, I would love to participate in a tournament and uh, and I would look at the at the, at the tournament page and, uh, and it would always say no tournament starting now so I was like okay uh, I don't really know when it's supposed to start this is where I connected to the discord channel just to learn a little bit more about uh, the competitive aspect of it and when finally a, a tournament started it's it's deck building and I'm like Whoa, but I've never played a single match of the building. I have never, I had, I had like built a, a deck, but it was just to, to try how the, to try the interface, uh, how it looks like. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I want to participate. So just let's go. I, I, I basically picked Vlogs because uh, Clocks is my uh, favorite faction and just thought about how to make a fun and, uh, competitive deck with that and just 
it jammed a few cars here and there, and uh, off I went. That's a crazy story. So your first <laughs> game is a deck building, and you already made it to the finals. This game, for those who haven't seen it already, definitely recommend you check out the stream or the YouTube uh, video that Colby and Joe put on with them commentating on it. It's a heck of a game, and we'll get into that. It's a can't-miss content. Thank you. I'm actually happy. I, I, I don't want to spoil uh, the, the rest of the episode, but I was actually grateful that when uh, Colby and Joe are showing the deck, they are showing like uh, Prophet's hand, because if they had shown mine, I think the chat would have gone crazy. So, <laughs> but we'll talk, we'll talk about it later. So starting off with that first opening hand that you had, Eskiriel, you opened the game with just a crazy play right off the bat, just full force. Talk us through just a little bit what your, your thoughts were and how you came about that. I had already played uh, IELTS early on the tournament and I had also played like the, the Vanguard version of IELTS, the one from Shampoo, which uh, plays a little bit similarly. And uh, I knew from experience that I don't have um, an end game against these decks. So I need to be really proactive because I'm not winning on economy. And I need to stick to Valeria as much as I can because I found out that Valeria is kind of mediocre against a summoner that's close to her. So it, it was my plan, basically get as close as possible to uh, Valeria and and plant uh, portals in the behind the defense lines and try to stay there, try to sneak uh, under the defense as much as I can, because if I get kicked out, then it's really hard for me to come back. Yeah, I think that opening like with slip by and the gate, you're just you're already on the outside right away. We we're like, well, this is the kind of game this is going to be a nice aggressive uh, opening there for sure. Maybe I got lucky with the sneak uh, because it was it's it's my only um, I only have one slip by. I mean, the deck. If we look at each individual choice, of course there will be uh, things that I would change now, but <laughs> I had only one and it was in my starting hand. And yeah, since Vlox's position is behind his own portal as a, as a starter, then uh, slip by is, is really convenient just to help him burst out of uh, position and plant the first portal as, as deep in the defense's line as possible. So I got lucky because I got slipped by and a portal in my in my starting hand. That first turn had me stressed out already. I remember I, I logged into the game, I saw it, and I was like, wow, he's over on my side of the board already. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, so Prophet, you really had to be on the back foot for a couple turns because he had three units on your side, basically, and he had a gate on your side in the very first turn. Ta walk us through like your mindset after those first couple turns when you were just like on the back foot for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so that was just a huge threat, right? You plant a gate on my side of the board, um, you bring Vlox up, and I mean, he's right, because Valeria really struggles with dealing with enemy summoners or even champion units, to be honest. She just doesn't have a lot of tools to really dish out the damage she needs to to really punish those kind of moves. And even worse is I, you know, when you play High Elves, at least the way I play it, you rely a lot on Sanctity. So Vlox is just one of those summoners that can honestly keep up pace with the amount of value that Valeria brings. So 
having him on my side of the board with a gate and some supporting units, it it was an immediate threat. And it was a really good play because it, it really forced me to play defensively and, you know, crowd the gate, focus it down, and just make sure that uh, Vlox doesn't have a lot of options to reinforce his offense. I think, unfortunately, it for me, he managed to get another gate within, like, a, another turn or two. And so the entire time I'm playing this defensive game that I'm trying to make sure that he doesn't support that offense any more than he already has. And it was just, uh, it was a puzzle every turn to try to figure out, okay, how can I prevent myself from just getting extremely crowded on my side of the board? And it, I realize it's almost impossible to really think about all of the different reaches and maneuvers that Vlox can bring because even in just base deck, Out of Shadows already really counters a lot of Valeria's formation strategies because, you know, deceivers have to have someone adjacent to them. And so when you're trying to defend, like, a piece or another unit, the usual formation is some sort of corner uh, strategy. And so Out of Shadows really abuses that. And then in deck building, I, I saw he ran three or four rogues. And so that that already covers pretty much every defensive strategy you can think of because you can't have corners. You also can't defend against rogues because they can hit the corners. And so it, it was a tough it was a tough matchup. And I, I felt like that first gate really not only put me on the back foot, but it, it changed the entire pace of the game because now I'm I'm struggling to keep up with the defense, but also make sure I don't just get immediately surrounded by out of shadows. And I think my opponent did a great job at like pressuring me the entire game. So yeah, I mean, all that to say he, my opponent played well and uh, that aggressive strategy was, it was really strong. I uh, had to play defensively the whole time. The the one interesting choice, I don't know if we want to jump this far ahead, but I was thinking like we noticed on the stream that there was just one gem dancer but that was a very key unit for you in getting in there, it seems like, in the in, the, in that mid to late game. Yeah, sure, because I have a good story about Jam Dancer. So I was, when I built the deck, I wanted it to be as efficient as can be on, um, on Magic. And I didn't know how many zero drops I needed to have. It turns out, it turned out I had just a little bit too much, like... The, the goblins, I had four, and it was probably one or two uh, too many. Uh, but they were useful still for for Vlog's uh, positioning. About that gem dancer, it, it was like, okay, I, I need also some more muscle and some more uh, toughness. I, I need guys that, that stick to the ground so then I can use them for for out of shadows and, and such, and pylon. So the French translation of gem dancer at the time reads um, when this unit attacks another unit you can switch positions before uh, throwing dice it doesn't say adjacent unit so oh. i'm like oh and i'm like oh with locks that's insane because i'm able just to to switch places like two to three uh, ties uh, ties away so um that's why I picked the gem dancer in the, in, in, in the first place. I, I needed one extra drop, and I was like, okay, it, it, it will be insane, uh, this combination with locks. 
Well, I I quickly figured out it didn't work that way. I almost filed a bug, and then uh, I realized that it was the the, the French translation that uh, the, that was not right. And actually, the French translation is it's it's the only case maybe in the game where you can actually use uh, f- f- uh, footwork but with a ranged unit. So maybe that's why they, they didn't bother putting adjacent. Well, so and and what's funny is that even though um, I couldn't uh, take all I wanted out of this ability, this single gem dancer was amazing for me all tournament long. And uh, so in my in my uh, new iteration of this deck, I I, uh, I add uh, more because it's just I think he he really does what you want to do in the with this deck, which is get a positioning advantage and um, and have your units where you need them to be. And is also very good with pylon because you can, a unit that's out of, uh, you know, pylon reach, now all of a sudden gets uh, in the middle of uh, three to four uh, allies and uh, gets beaten up. So yeah, that gem dancer was key to this game against profit, but I, I I would say it was key to me the, for the whole tournament. So that's one thing you'd change, you'd say, is you'd add more gem dancers now with how good it, it worked for you? Yeah, it, it's working really well. It's it's a two-cost unit, so um, you have to be cautious not to over-extend on those, because it's still a deck that works on, uh, you know, on, on, on the tight uh, mana base, on, t- on tight magic. So with the mechanisms that are also instrumental to the deck, it's it's a lot of two-cost uh, creatures. So you have to be careful. But these gem dancers are, I think, uh, instrumental for for this deck to work. Yes. So so profit. What do you think are the most important uh, units in your deck? I guess it'd be the deceiver, because that's what you named the deck after. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, hands down, deceivers saved my life that game. I feel like. There's just I, I I've said it once and I, I feel like deceivers are probably one of the most efficient, like I, I guess you can call them tanks in the game. Um most decks run about one tank unit, sort of like a bulk creature that really absorbs all the damage. And I think Citadel Knights are probably what most people think of when they think of like best tank common, but I, I, I personally I've had this argument with some real life friends and I, I think it's deceivers because Sure, Citadel Knight has taunt, um, and it forces you to focus that tank unit, which is exactly what you want tanks to do. But I think Deceivers, for just basically one less um, health and one less damage, I, I think they're worth the one mana, because it, it ends up being such a huge threat on the board that controls the area around it that it kind of implies a taunt, because you need to get rid of them in order to really get to the the valuable targets and so i'd say deceivers are probably the core unit of my deck and then kind of helping support them are arbiters of peace which together just make for a very annoying combination uh it's extremely tough to deal with deceivers especially if you're melee and even more so when they are supported by peace and so the entire concept of my deck, at least, was to run as many deceivers as I can, support them with peace, and then use Valyria's 
in, uh, dictatability to trigger engage from deceivers or sometimes if the position is right from Valeria and deceivers as well. And so um, I, I'd say that's probably the core uh, concept of the deck. And then I think Mind Witches are good, just versatile units in the same way that Vlox is a good versatile summoner, right? You can copy any of your own commons or their commons and, and utilize their abilities to provide additional value over the course of the game. And so where Deceivers are the heart and the, the, you know, the, the life force of the deck, uh, Mind Witches are, to me, at least the, the muscle that kind of helps you react, counterattack, push, whatever you need, uh, when you need it. So um, I, I'd say those are probably like the key commons of my deck. Eskiro, I don't know if you watched the stream afterwards or at any point, but quickly, yeah, yeah, quickly throughout the stream, your plays had everybody rooting for you. You had like many veteran Summoner Wars players saying, wow, like that play was brilliant. Like, how do you sneak Vlox in there? And you had Vlox weaving through all sorts of deceivers and pieces and dancing through everybody. Your entire mindset, right, was getting Vlox next to Valeria. Halfway through the game, when Vlox was, like, sort of caught in the middle there with that big grouping, how did you feel? Did you feel like that the game was leaning your way on the other side? Did you feel like it was leaning profits? Or did you feel pretty good about where you were at? There's a point in the game where I feel the tides are turning. Um this is, I, I think, after the first, the first sanctity, the first law of sanctity. I don't mind because it's actually helping me stay close and get inside the defense line because I know that um, Vlox is uh, won't be uh, a target and he has a high uh, life total. So i'm I'm quite happy with the first one and just chipping in for i think uh three to four damage just with um all all sorts of all sort of units and um the the point you mentioned about uh profit about uh, arbiter of peace being such great on defense also in this uh, situation uh, was true from from my creatures so I was like i I am not going to kill. <laughs> any arbiter of peace in this game i want them close to my creatures so my creatures stand uh, their ground and uh, i can uh, use them later on so what i was afraid of what i was really afraid of is that uh, valeria would get away from me and have would get too far away from me and i knew that if it happened it would be extremely hard for me to break uh, through through the lines even with the the tools i had uh, at my disposition so yes there is this one turn i can't remember exactly but there is this one turn when i'm afraid that profit is taking uh, valeria out of reach but i have gem dancer in hand and you you don't know i, I have gem, gem dancer in hand and this is the turn where i choose to use vlogs for his uh, copying Gem Dancer for the footwork ability uh, rather than uh, copying Highway Rogue to uh, to deal more damage because I know on this turn that 
if I'm not getting close to Valeria, then then the door is is closed and I'm not uh, getting in. I think that was a, a definitely a turning point of the match, and uh, you know you had us had us rooting for you, <laughs> and uh, the, the I think the tough part there then was later on, you had us a, a point where Gunner had a shot. I was, I was like when you when you summoned the machinist and you had like the boots and all that stuff. You had all those attacks going on, and you just failed to kill that one deceiver with the dice. Like yeah, I think you had a gunner shot with four dice, and you did either one or zero damage when you could have cover fired your dancer behind and covered that spot. Yeah. So yeah, th- this is actually the, this turn. I have I thought so long and hard about this turn because my hand at the time I have so I have four magic. And my hand is dagger, highway rogue, boots, um, mechanist, and something else I can't remember. Uh, maybe another zero cost creature. So, and at, at this point, my Vlox is as a corner of Valeria. My Vlox is on, I think, eight life. Valeria is on five. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this i just need to not mess up this game which i ended up doing by the way <laughs> but um this so so my reasoning is i can pull on this turn i can already pull uh dagger uh highway rogue and then i have a combo where 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 it's basically three ranged attack from blocks plus two from the highway rogue uh, switching position with a uh, sneak, and and then uh, three more from dagger. So that's a total eight. But uh, Valeria is still on five. There's a deceiver uh, standing nearby, and if I'm missing the final blow, then I'm not winning this game. I'm not winning this game because it would be the sole dagger, and uh, profit would kill kill her uh, for sure. And I'm not Vlogs would be too far away. Is not is not uh, getting in again, and and I would lose eventually. So my reasoning at this time is I need to I need a few more points of damage before I pull out the combo, and I have this mechanist that will help me do so. Uh, and I'm like, so so my first inclination was just to play a mechanism behind the, my own defenses line and then go Vlox two turn uh, of a, a three ranged attack on Valeria and that's it or maybe one on the Deceiver and one on Valeria and then I realized that if I do that I'm open to some sort of uh, insta-kill with a, in, involving a lower versatility and, um, and a witch and a law of, of probity. So I'm like, okay, do, do I want to risk this insta-kill? No, I don't, I don't want to risk it. So, okay, so let's play a little bit defense, but while still maintaining this pressure and shipping in for more um, damage on uh, Valeria. So that's why I, I play boots on, uh, on the gunner. Uh, and so my whole intention is to have the gem dancer, is to kill the deceiver and have the gem dancer uh, go in place of the deceiver. This way it covers Vlox's back. Vlox can attack 
twice with the mechanist and then i'm sure that i can pull the the, the trigger on dagger on the next turn and uh, go for the final blow. the thing is and the big problem with my turn is that I really need to be careful about my magic. I need at the end of this turn to go back to four magic. Otherwise, I'm not able to pull the combo on the consecutive turn. And so I was really paying attention to that. And then I something struck me is that, okay, if I'm putting my mechanist close to the Arbiter of War, then I'm getting two times four range attacks with locks, which is a lot of dice, and which potentially represents the win, this turn. And this is why I go mechanist close to Arbiter of War, and I know that this mechanist is about to die on the, on the next turn, but I don't care because Vlox is not going to copy Versatile anyway, he is going to copy Dagger's ability. And the mistake I make, everything's fine at this point, but the big mistake I make is um, going, so I go versatile on Vox and I attack Valeria instead of attacking the Deceiver. Um, I don't know if it's a mistake, but my, my reasoning at the point was like, okay, let's see if I get like two to three damage, then um, I know what to do with Vlox's next attack is it will be to aim at Valeria once again because I can win. Well, it turns out I, I think I, I do zero damage, but well, it, it's okay. It's okay. Um, what, what was not okay though is that when the gunner shot at uh, the deceiver, I was so certain that the deceiver would die that. I had not, I had not planned for anything else. So when the when the with the four range attack, the the gunner shots at the deceiver and doesn't kill it, then my whole plan falls apart. I mean, that that's what happens in my head. I'm like, oh, it was not supposed to happen that way. Um, so I'm left with yet another attack from Vlox for ranged attack. And I'm like, okay, should I, sh should I point at the deceiver and try to kill it for good? Or should I point at Valeria? And I'm thinking, okay, if I kill the deceiver and profit as another one in his head, then it's all for nothing. It's all for nothing. I'm not even... Uh, damaging Valeria, and it would be as hard to pull the the combo on the with dagger on the next turn. So I'm targeting Valeria instead. Ended up doing I think one damage, which was not great. And realized at my magic phase that not killing this deceiver would mean that there was no way I had four magics. And for magic and my dagger in hand on the on my next turn, and I was like, okay, this is looking really really bad. So I needed basically to survive one full turn um, 
just to reload on magic. So I needed actually to survive two turns. And I knew uh, Prophet will, uh, would take this uh, opportunity to, to kill me because it was like the, the perfect window. And unfortunately, that was what happened. The <laughs> next couple turns, Prophet, you want to take it away? Yeah, I mean, this is what I love about Summoner Wars, right? Like, you have these turns, and you're, you're thinking, man, it's over. I, I, I instantly regretted the gate. I saw that Vlox was in my face, and he had put me in a corner, and I was like, oh no, how do I get out of this? I don't. I just pray, and um, I, I hope for the best. And I, I thought about it, and I was like, look, there's just so many ways he could kill me right now. And at 4 Magic, I was convinced that it was it was done for. I mean, a dagger, zero cost, and Vlox. That's three hits on Valeria. And it, it just, it wasn't looking great for me. Um, I, I kept, I moved the Deceiver next to Vlox, and I said, okay, in a perfect world, he would attack me consistently with Vlox, Dagger, and a zero-cost unit, and Deceiver would mitigate most of the damage. And so, that's what I was praying for, and, uh, the Dice Gods favored me that day, and I said, okay, that's... That is exactly what I, I needed. Um, and I remember talking to him after the final match, and I said, look, I, I, that, that worked out exactly the way I needed it to. I was convinced you had the dagger. And I mean, both options were equivalent, right? Because like putting a, ma a machinist uh, like next to war, getting that plus one attack, and attacking twice, that's about eight dice on Valyria which I was expecting about, you know, Vlox, a zero-cost unit, maybe uh, the same amount of dice, basically. So I said, okay, the, the odds, I felt like, were similar, but just the dice roll, the way it worked out, it, it favored me at the end. So I, I, I can respect the decision, right? Like, I, I understand it was a, a difficult choice, but um, the, it, it just goes back again to why I think Deceivers are, are such a great one-cost tank, because they consistently provide value over the life of the game. And Summoner Wars at such a competitive level, it really comes down to how do you plan for whiffs? How do you plan for dice not working out your way? And how can you work that into your broader strategy? And so I ended up, you know, making it out alive just because the deceiver was there if if the deceiver wasn't there i it would have been a completely different game um but yeah no i mean i, I talked about it and i i was like yeah I, I agree with the rationale there i i think that was a a safer play and i you know valeria doesn't really have a lot of ways to punish summoners or champions and so you know, a, a one ranged AV and two melee dice from Valeria doesn't really seem like that big of a threat. So chipping away at Valeria and gaining positional advantage had you killed the Deceiver probably was a very strategic move. I, I don't think I actually had any answers if you had killed the Deceiver, blocked my summoning gate, and then stayed there for a turn because I would have very little ways to really punish that. So, yeah, no, that was a, that was, that was, 
the most crucial moment. And I, I told him, I said, look, this is going to make for a good game. Like people are going to watch this and they're going to be hyped. <laughs> they're going to, they're going to be very hyped about what's going on right now. The chat was very hyped. The stats for the chances for him to kill on that last section with the eight range dice was 47% chance next to the deceiver to kill you that do five damage or more. And, but if, if Astriel, if you had thrown the dagger combo and had five um, melee dice instead of all eight being ranged, it's only a 53% chance. So it doesn't change a whole lot. That, that's good to know. But actually, actually, I wanted both. And, and, and my plan was to have first this eight dice, then on the next turn, this eight other dice with the dagger combo. It was, it was all the plan. That didn't work that way, but uh, I... Yeah, it it was the reasoning that I I can have it both ways. I can I can first I can first uh, lower um, Valeria's uh, life a little bit more and then throw the dagger combo. But yeah, <laughs> I didn't account for the fact that Deceiver not dying would mean I would be short one magic. That you know. That's it, and and uh, yeah, we, we talked with Prophet uh, after the game, and I I agree that first time, it it's still insane to have reached uh, the finals of uh, this uh, debuting uh, tournament. So I I had no big expectations. Of course, I was disappointed with the result, but I like it that way, you know, losing against against a great player, and I, and I also thought that at least it would make for entertaining uh, video. Can you guys guess the percent of hit-miss ratio that you guys had throughout the game? I pulled the game log analysis, and I'm just curious how many, like, what percent you think you hit on profit and what percent Askriel you think you hit on. And it's going to be a little deflated on Askriel's side from Deceivers and Pieces and Sanctity. Um, so a little deflated on both sides from Sanctity, but... Profit didn't attack blocks that much when Sanctity was up. So, is it the hit rate on 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 summoners only or any unit? No, everything. The entire game hit rate, like what what percentage of times you rolled hits on your your dice? I'm gonna guess for me maybe seventy three percent. That sounds like a good number. Seventy five percent. I was close. Very close. Very close. Impressive. I would guess around. 50, 50-ish for me? 37 and a half percent. Oh, but I mean, that, that also accounts for like the deceivers and pieces dropping everything, right? Yes, it does account for deceivers and pieces dropping everything. So you're probably around like 50, 55 if you add those in. Um, so, wow. yeah. Wow. Not, not great. Um, but you guys both still played fantastic. It was a hell of a game and it was a joy to watch thank you glad you enjoyed it yeah thank you we appreciate both you guys coming on to talk about the game i think that's pretty much all the time we had uh if anybody wants to check out the game well, i'll drop the link in the episode description down below but yeah appreciate both you guys coming on to chat with us about it yeah of course happy to do it thanks for having me as always, this has been Discard for Magic, and we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Bye.